0: When it comes to saving you money on tires, nobody does it better than Pigo Tires. Like saving you up to $120 on select sets of Goodyear, Yokohama, Pirelli, and Continental Tires now through November 3rd. That's $70 off instantly, plus up to $50 back by mail and rebate when you purchase using your Pigo Tires card. Hurry into Pigo Tires and see how much you can save. Pigo Tires, the team you trust. For the location nearest you, go to PigoTires.com.
1: The Jumbo Package A-Team got together on Tuesday, October 15th for a special Red Zone Extra discussion at our sponsor, Big O Tires. This one on Black Bob and 119th in Olathe. Sam Mellinger, who was not the last person to the shop, let that sink in. He was there along with Vaje Gregorian, Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, and me, Blair Kirkhoff, to discuss the woes of the last two games as the Chiefs head into Thursday night's contest in Denver. We spent a good chunk of time in the second half of the conversation evaluating the acquisitions of general manager Brett Beach, his draft picks, free agent signings, and trades over the last two seasons. Thanks to Sports KC producers, Kathy Liu and Leah Becerra, and Facebook Live producer, Beth Welsh, for making this all come together. The Red Zone Extra app is where you can find your Chiefs coverage, plus KansasCity.com, and in the show notes. We'll be back on Wednesday with another edition of SportsBeatKC, KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Welcome to Red Zone Extra, our weekly conversation of the Kansas City Chiefs with the Kansas City Star crew from Big O Tires today from beautiful Olathe, Kansas at 11815 South Black Bob Road. Let me introduce the crew. In order of arrival today, <laughs> I'm Blair Kirkhoff, your host. <laughs> I was here first, though. <laughs> oh no, no, I, I, was, I circled. The no, 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 no. I, I No, you didn't, because I was. I saw you in my rearview mirror. I, <laughs> <laughs> but to my right, and oh, you know, first wannabe is Kirby Teope. This the upset of the day. To my far left, yeah. Sam Melliger. Yeah.
2: Not was setting here. the curve, not falling
1: behind. <laughs> the C, the C. Yeah. To his right and my left, Fahe Gregorian. Not too far behind. Pause, pause, <laughs> pause, pause. And then Sam McDowell decided to show you up. You guys there. punished me with the with the low chair, though, so. Great to see you guys uh, again so quickly after we, um, after we met. Uh, after Sunday's loss to the Texans, you know, less than 48 hours ago, I just wanted to, you know, we wanted to get together today. We're going to talk to you again Thursday after the game in Denver, but we wanted to give you guys the opportunity to. To call to wait you don't call but you call on Facebook Live <laughs> you do you get in touch with us on Facebook Live operators are standing by <laughs> it's kind of call it they're over there standing by <laughs> so get in touch with us we'll we'll answer as many comments and questions as we can get to and I did want to pick uh, pick up today where we left off on on Sunday uh, about um, you know, what's going on with the Chiefs two losses in a row it's uh, these are tough times. They're 4-2, they're still leading the AFC West, and uh, but things have not gone well for the Chiefs. Sam, you wrote a column. It, it was interesting because because it's a short week and the Chiefs playing on, on Thursday, there was a lot of availability with the Chiefs yesterday. Um, not only Andy Reid, who always speaks on Monday, but Patrick Mahomes and then both Eric Biennemi and Steve Spagnolo, the, the offensive and defensive coordinators. And you took the occasion to write uh, a column that, that's in today's paper. It's been online since last night that it's, you know, maybe the most depressing part of the Texans game was how much more of the same it was uh, with the Indianapolis game. They, they said all the right things, we thought, after the Colts loss, and then they went out and practiced, you know, <laughs> nothing different. Uh,
2: and that was kind of the gist of your column, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it, it, it was the same game. It was the exact same game, uh, you know, Mahomes, like, down to Patrick Mahomes being lights out before the ankle injury and closer to human after the ankle injury. Uh, can't stop the run. I, I mean, it, it, it is just a mind-numbing predictability of what the other team is going to do. You know, it, it's, it's runs between the tackle and then or go around the perimeter and make <laughs> a guy miss, and, you know, it, it's just, it's the same stuff over and over, and it just... I keep I know I know I've mentioned this here um on this fine Facebook program, but they just haven't stopped the run in four years, and it's now I don't know why it took this long. <laughs> honestly, I mean, we've been talking about this for at least three and a half years um that this is a way to to get at the chiefs and it's not necessarily a time of possession um and all that stuff, although that's part of it, but it's just a very inviting way to move the ball and score points
1: well and you're right. It, it's, it's been since the 2015 season, really, since the Chiefs. The last time dare Johnson was
2: good right. that was the last time they stopped the run.
1: Um, and, and, we're fit, and they finished in the top 10, I think, in, in either rushing defense or total defense. I think anyway, they were. I think they, they were eighth, eighth against the run. Yeah, right. eighth against okay, the run. Okay,
2: so it was it was obviously
1: a, the the best, probably the best defense of the Andy Reid era. Um, yeah. If, if, certainly, the early years were better than the, than they have been in the in the last few years.
2: Bob Sutton's first two three years, they had some good defenses, defense. Defense sure. seemed to be yep. that. That was how the Chiefs were winning games. They were carrying them. So. Yeah. Uh, certainly
1: not been the case in the, in the last few years, and the last two weeks have just been oh my god! How, how can it how can it be this bad? And so that's my question: How, how can it be this bad? And and the, the, you know, like I said, we we talked to Steve Spagnolo yesterday, and one of the questions he was asked, Sam, I think you asked it, is you know you're six six games in, and there seems to be a little. You know regression here from where they were even earlier this year.
2: Well, that's you know we have ta- again we talked about this, but like I expected the defense to struggle early and get progressively better. That just makes logical sense. I believe their personnel is better than it was a year ago. Um, I think Steve Spagnolo at this point is an upgrade over Bob Sutton from last year. It just but you know new scheme, new players. It just it takes it takes a little bit of time, but so you expect it not linear, not linear, not a straight line, right. but you expect it to generally go like this, and it's sort of. I thought the first two weeks, there were some good signs, you know, um, 13 points against the Jags before the outcome was decided, 10 points total against the Raiders in the last three quarters were all shut out, but then it's just gone down. It just it just went off a cliff, and it, it's not early anymore, you know? If you see those mistakes, week one, week two, week three, okay, that's fine. And look, this it, isn't a playoff. We're, we're not talking about, like, the divisional round or anything, but it's not early anymore. Right. And, and you know the other thing, it's, it's scheme or it's personnel. It's one of the two. And spags, I mean, what's he gonna say, right? But as, are you 100% sure you have the personnel to be able to get this fixed? And he says, yes, they work hard, all that stuff. We haven't been questioning their work ethic. You know what I mean? Right. It, it, it's been scheme and talent.
1: Personnel, interesting um, you know, thought here. Let's talk about that. Herbie, you bring fresh eyes to this. You know, you, you've, uh, this you've covered your third Chiefs game and uh since 2015 and what what are you seeing that is you know we all know what the the numbers are the the rushing yards are ridiculous the time of possession the last two weeks have just been you know as Andy Reid said yesterday out of whack but what what are you seeing personnel wise where are they lacking on this defense It, 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 it comes down to an identity
3: I find this interesting because, you know, as you gentlemen know, and for some of the folks who read our work after Sunday's game, you know, I had a chance to talk to Alex Okafer, who I covered in New Orleans. <laughs> but the thing is, Okafer played last year on the number two ranked run defense in the league. And when I think of stout run defense, kind of like what Sam alluded to here the last year that Derek Johnson was good, you've got those guys who are flying to the football. And not only are they flying to the football, they're making the plays. Too many missed tackles. When I think about this Chiefs linebacker core right now, I'm like, who is the leader amongst that group? And I just can't see it. I don't see it out there through three games. I don't see a, a, a definitive guy who's gonna jump on everyone else. Why aren't you making these plays? Okafer says it's one thing to get to the ball carrier. It's another thing to put your hands on him. It's quite another to violently take him down and make that play. And that's, that's what this defense is lacking right now. Your defensive ends are setting the edge. Your interior linemen are taking out the blockers. The linebackers have to flow to the action. And right now, they're flowing to the action, but they're not making the
1: plays. And that's what I'm seeing. That's pretty that's unacceptable, it seems to me. Yep. You know, linebackers, I, I thought the Texans had a lot of success on the perimeter against the Chiefs on Sunday. And that's, you know, th- that's the responsibility of Darren Lee. That's, you know, you, you've got guys are supposed to. You know, make tackles in that in that space that weren't making tackles, even though he ended up with ten, I think. He led the team with ten tackles on I, I want to say that. Maybe did, yeah. You're right.
3: But that has to be a concern though. If if your safeties and your cornerbacks are leading the team every week in tackles, one of two things are happening. I'd either they're throwing the ball a lot or there's a lot of running, which we all know over the past month, there has been a lot of running, and you don't want your safety, you don't want your cornerbacks leading the team in, in tackles. You, that's where your linebackers have to come into play, and I, again, I just don't see it. Yeah. One thing with, with Lee,
4: and, and I really don't mean to pick on him because I, I certainly could have missed other people missing tackles, but I, I really feel like we've seen him not just miss tackles, but be absolutely in position, have the angle, have theoretically the leverage to make the tackle, and then the guy bounces off and he's 10 yards down there. The reason I bring that up is I wonder if that's a fixable thing. Is there something just a little, as Andy Reid would say, out of whack in his technique? Shouldn't he be able to make that play? What, what, what's the difference between the guy bouncing off him and him not quite delivering there? I, I don't really understand.
0: I'm going to kind of throw this out there as a suggestion. probably even too strong of a word, but... Uh, a few weeks ago we talked about, and, and I was actually wrong about this, we're not recording this are we? We'll edit it out. <laughs> Beth will edit it out. And in week two, we all talked about the Lions and their ability to force fumbles a lot, and I thought it was overstated, and it turns out when we watched the game they absolutely were making a point to that, to sort of, there's probably this spectrum of be a really good tackling team and then try and punch the, yep. the football out all the time, and they were way over here, and you thought it made a lot of sense because when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, try and steal a couple of possessions. This team is such a bad tackling team that I almost wonder if they need to start going more towards this end of the spectrum. Do it and, and they did have three they, they had a they had takeaways. Yep. But do you just try and, and, and punch the ball out and force some turnovers? Because you can't be on this end of the spectrum. You apparently don't have the personnel to be on this end of the
1: spectrum. Or gamble more, you know, right. or, or call more, yeah. you know, uh, more exotics. Just be different because what's being, you know, executed now
2: is a is a massive fail. Massive fail. Yeah, they, they aren't blitzing that much either. They're not. They really aren't. And, and I thought that was wrong part wrong. of the
4: deal with, with Spags, right?
2: Yeah, I thought Spag, ooh, did, he ooh, did make ooh, a point ooh. that there are plays that look to us like not blitzes that actually are because <laughs> yeah, they come against that. run plays. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, I know there's also some, I mean, you can measure everything now, right? But the Chiefs were, I'm not going to quote it exactly because I don't remember exactly, but somewhere in the 20s, somewhere around the mid-20s in blitz percentage um, in the NFL. They're they're not doing that. I thought the stunts were going to be a big thing, and I thought that was a place that Frank Clark, he had a lot of success with that in Seattle. And they've been doing a little bit more of it um, in recent weeks, but it's still not close to what, what I had expected.
0: I also think that the run game, or their lack of success in stopping the run game is taken away from their pass rush as well. You've got guys on the edges that you don't really see coming off the edge for, maybe it's fear of creating the hole that that's, you know, if if you come off the edge that that's going to create on the back end, but That was the one strength of this defense last year. As bad as this defense was, at least they could put pressure on the quarterback. And now that's gone too.
1: Yeah. Well. um, So, and that was one of the themes going into the weekend was uh, Deshaun Watson Mm -hmm. was sackable. You know, he had been sacked uh, 18 times this year. Only four quarterbacks in the NFL have been sacked more than him. And the Chiefs didn't come close, did they? They no. did one or two hits on him? Two
3: quarterback hits. Yeah, two
2: just,
0: hits. just two. Four quarterback hits. 42 passes, though. They had a lot of chances.
4: Well, but you know, they, they had given up no sacks the week before, which makes me wonder whether the Texans had shored something up, too, although they lost but, a, a key player.
2: That yeah. was, I saw this, you know, again, you can measure everything. The week before, I forgot who they played, but... Falcons. It, the Falcons. Yeah. Um, it, it was the fastest that Deshaun Watson has gotten the ball out in his career, and I think that was part of it. Well, I don't... They had some of those against the Chiefs, but I don't think, that didn't seem like a big part of the game plan. I agree. And and going into that game, uh, the fine folks at Pro Football Focus ran this for me, and and they saw that the Chiefs opponents had the sixth longest time to throw in the NFL. So that, to me, is a big problem when teams are... Taking their time to get the ball out, and you're still not getting to them. You're not hitting. You're not hurrying. You're not affecting. And, and that's not going to get better with the absence of Chris Jones. No, because that look—that was the—that's that's their
1: guy. That's yeah. that's their pass rushing yeah. specialist. Um, you know, they replaced Chris Jones and Xavier Williams with Derek Naughty and who, who who was the other tackle? Saunders, Colin and, and, Saunders and Colin Saunders, Saunders, the rookie. Neither one uh, known as a pass rusher, just you know run pluggers. And of course, that that didn't happen either. So. Um, yeah, and you,
0: you think that Frank Clark's seen a lot of attention with Chris Jones on the field. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Off the field, it, it's it's even greater.
1: I heard he, he actually graded out well, Frank Clark did. on it. Pro
2: football focus was in
0: love Loved with him. It, on it was so bizarre because he had one tackle in 80-some snaps. <laughs> on and the maybe, first play was that one first tackle. Very first play, and <laughs> yeah. it was a great play. I mean, forced fumble, recovered
4: fumble. Forced and recovered,
0: yeah. uh, I mean, game-changing sort of play, and certainly that has
4: to, to tilt the scale, but... But it was an 89 rush of, rating, right? Wasn't that? Yeah, yeah run yeah. defense rating. Yeah. And what, the other thing that you were looking at yesterday that stood out was the, the worst-rated guy on the offense?
0: Yeah, it was Patrick Mahomes. Patrick
4: Mahomes. The where-the-rubber-meets-the-road pick
3: for
2: someone <laughs> last week.
3: <laughs> hey, my, my where-the-road-meets-the-rubber... <laughs> He didn't even play on offense Wisniewski.
4: <laughs> You're right. That's right. <laughs> We're still buds Where up, the right? rubber where the rubber peeled out. Yeah, that's pretty well. <laughs> that's right.
1: Uh, All right. So I mentioned the Jones injury and the one to to Xavier Williams. Uh, also, you know Anthony Hitchens out and. Going back to something, Deshaun, we were talking about Deshaun Watson. I, he, two, two weeks earlier in the loss to the Carolina Panthers, he was effusive in his praise of Luke Keekley, the linebacker. He said Luke Keekley took away the middle of the field and just changed the way the Texans could attack the Panthers. And and Houston ended up losing that game. Chief linebackers didn't take away anything. You know, that's a, they just either incapable or uh, or not schemed to to do anything in the in the in the middle of the field. So I, I thought that was interesting too. It also is quite a compliment to Luke Kuechly. We all know what a great linebacker that guy is.
0: There was a sad on that. I think Darren Lee and um, Damian Wilson gave up all 12 targets that they saw.
1: I think that's right. Yeah, 12 for 12.
0: Yeah. Not so good. Yeah. Uh, Not so good. We pointed that out to the game. The the Texans were kind of running these short, flat routes Uh and just saying, try and tackle us. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, Good game plan. Yeah, yes, absolutely. So we mentioned those injuries on the defensive side. I think, you know, the, the ones on the, on the offensive side, all, all this matters. And, and I'm, I want to make a larger point about this in a moment, but the Eric Fisher, you know, injury is just, it's just killing him. I mean, it's just killing him. Who'd have thought that he would, you know, a guy that has been, not criticized, but sort of, you know, he had the misfortune of being the 1-1 in 2013 First, you know, first round, first pick and having to live up to that idea and, but I think he's developed into a good tackle on yeah. the left side and he is noticeable, his absence is noticeable. Don't you? There's a huge drop off. I, I
3: think what's ridiculous we're up in the press box and whenever Cam Irvin makes a mistake you always hear it in the press box, oh, there's Irving again, it is a noticeable difference. But the problem is I don't think they had that many options to consider they're at left tackle outside of Irving. I mean you could... Re- in theory, probably kick out Martinez Rankin to left tackle and then maybe move Irving inside, but I, they just don't have the options there, and it, it's, it's and it's very noticeable.
1: Yeah. So, and, and uh, so the left the left side just new, right? They, with with uh, Irving's, not new, but he's starting a tackle for the you know for the first time, and, uh, and 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 Rankin, you know, left guard. It's not ideal for the Chiefs, and I they noticed you had, they had Mahomes rolling out away from that a lot on on Sunday trying to, you know, trying to defeat that. And the other absence, of course, Sammy Watkins. Um, we asked Andy Reid about that uh, yesterday. Any, any hope of Watkins returning this week?
3: I, I think it's going to be a challenge because it is a short week. And we're talking about a hamstring injury. Hamstrings tend to linger. And, you know, that's one of the NFL injuries you hate to hear about, that and high ankle sprain because there's really no timetable for it. He got two days. He did a walkthrough yesterday. He was, quote, limited, but it's, it's a projection. And so the big day, the big day is today. Is he going to be able to get on that field? But I don't think you want to risk putting Sammy Watkins out
1: on a short week on Thursday night football. That high altitude, too. Right. So, the, look, the Chiefs have a lot of injuries. They do. Maybe more than the average NFL team right now. However, they did get Tyreek Hill back and Mahomes is playing. I know, Vahe, you wrote that um, it, it's it's worth asking the question whether Mahomes should be playing. Has, you, has your mind changed on this uh, at all? I, I just, the,
4: the, the key factor here is we can't drill into the extent of the injury the way the Chiefs can, right? I mean, they know the extent of the injury in ways that they would never share, and all we can do is observe what we see out there, and we see that not only is he a little, little hobbled, hobbled enough that, that He's doing some things that are uncharacteristic, but also, I believe this with, with all my Twitter medical degree can tell me, <laughs> is that, that I think by being this injured, it leaves him vulnerable to X amount more injury. So Andy Reid basically dismissed, has dismissed this each time I've asked it, and, and I think with conviction and with knowledge, that it, but, but the theory with them is if he's good enough to play, well, we're going to play him. But I, I don't think that actually answers the real question, which is, just because he's good enough to play, are, do you, are you sure that he's not, this isn't eroding mm-hmm. the situation and, yeah. and making him worse off? And the dilemma, of course, is always going to be, A, the macho NFL versus, you know, well, let's just wait, that's one, but, but really the essence of it is, you need to get the pole position for the playoffs, need to win, need to get in the playoffs, uh, otherwise, it doesn't really matter how uh, healthy he is late in the season, right? That's the, that's the crux of the real problem. And right now, after they've lost a couple in a row, I'm sure it becomes less uh, even realistic for them to consider that they won't play him.
2: Can I just yeah. underline that real quick? At the risk of just being like the stats guy today, um, we, we know that he was 10 of 16 before the ankle and 9 of 19 after. Uh, Bill Barnwell from ESPN went back and watched. He's, he's hurt the ankle in three games. Jags. Colts, yeah, and nice. then Texans. In those three games, the passer rating was 141.1, I think, before the ankle injury and 80 after. So he is like the best quarterback of all time with, <laughs> with two ankles. And then I think Barnwell used the line, and then like Andy Dalton without – I mean, it's a huge drop. And look, Andy Dalton, there's a big drop between that and Matt Moore, you know, a guy yes. who was coaching his old high school two months ago. Like, you know, that, that's part of this math too. But you're right, like, w- w- would you rather have 10 and 6 – or even 9-7, and seven, but you get in the playoffs and, and Mahomes is healthy? Or would you rather have, you know, 11-5 and five or 12, you know, whatever, but Mahomes is, is gimping around? Yeah. I know which one I'd rather have.
4: Yeah, I, th- I think I do too. And, and so now, now the, the reason it comes up again now, of course, is they're on a short week. And these guys typically, I mean, you guys can all speak to this as well or better than I can, but typically, even for the quarterback, it's 48 hours till your, your body's about okay after a game.
1: I would add to that, a short week – with a makeshift left side of the offensive line yeah. against a team in its stadium that's had two really good, which has been good defensively all year, but it's coming off of two straight wins in which it's, you know, been terrific defensively. Shutout. Shutout. Coming shutout off a out shutout in, uh, last week.
2: 13 points, I think, the week before yeah, that. Yeah, seven
1: so. sacks, yep. too, I think, in, one, in the Chargers' win. Yeah. So, you uh, know, I didn't
0: think that the Chiefs' offensive line had a great day on Sunday, but re-watching the game, I thought Mahomes abandoned the pocket or, or just slid over to a, yeah. the right side, particularly constantly, before he needed to. Yeah. When there wasn't pressure coming from the left side, it just almost became his natural tendency to start moving, and start and at one point, there were a couple of plays that actually Tyreek Hill was open on the left side, but because he was sliding right, he had no prayer of even looking at that read, because why would you? And I also thought he missed a few passes that were a little atypical of him, but... Um, at one point actually the broadcast when when you rewatch that feed of it showed his footwork and he throws a slant pattern completely off of his his back foot. I mean his, his left foot, which is the ankle that, that's injured, is his plant foot, just just goes off to the to the side as he throws it and he kinda angles off his back foot. Now we've seen him have some weird arm angles before that makes sense, but this was a play where he had hmm. all the time in the world I, to make the right throw.
1: I remember that play. The interception was off his back foot too, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: and there was a pass to Demarcus Robinson that he was wide open on an eight-yard curl on the left side that he throws it in the dirt, and he wondered if oh, yeah, yeah. he didn't put enough on it for that exact same reason. Again, it's hard for us to know exactly why a pass doesn't happen, but we haven't seen him miss a lot of passes over the, the past couple of years, and I thought he missed a lot of throws on Sunday.
1: Okay, a lot of people have asked, and they asked us after the game Sunday and are asking again today, about just Chiefs personnel and roster composition and how this— uh, team has been put together since Brett Veach has become the general manager. Um, I'm going to uh, refer to the index card of knowledge here, because <laughs> I've got it all written down. Um, uh, let's see. So a- let's, let's go over uh, just players, you know, that Brett Veach has, let's go through the draft, last two drafts, right? So in, in 2018, this was the, the the draft for the Chiefs. Freeland uh, Speaks, Derek Noddy, Dorian O'Daniel, Armani Watts, Tremont Smith, Khalil McKenzie. Speaks, of course, is out for the season with injury. Tremont Smith is gone. Khalil McKenzie gone. Uh, Derek Nottie, I think there's still some
2: hope. There's some upside hope. I think for he's him. been an okay player. I yeah. see moments
4: with him, yeah. right? I mean, it's, you know.
2: for what they want, you know, run stuffer in the middle. Yeah. Dorian O'Daniel. He's hurt. Yeah. He's I mean, been he's hurt. Been yeah. But
1: when he hasn't been hurt, he hasn't been much of a contributor. Special teams only. Right. Last
0: year, it looked like he was going to be. I, I thought I've been so surprised.
1: too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Our money was. Special
3: teams. That's it's, since it's, I've been back. contribution, it's strictly yeah, right? special teams.
1: Okay, this year's draft: McCole Hardman, Juan Thornhill, Colin Saunders, Rashad Fenton, Darwin Thompson, Nick Allegretti. Hardman certainly, you know, a contributor. Juan Thornhill, I think, getting better each week. Mm-hmm. Had the at the end zone. I'm did, on on did you him. just drop a "get better each week"? Yeah, even in the locker room too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Colin Saunders made his first start on, on on Sunday, still early on him. Fenton hasn't probably pr- progressed as quickly as they have wanted him to. Darwin Thompson's, uh, you know, a standout in training camp, can't get on the field now. Um, and Allegretti, the second offensive lineman in two years they've drafted and really haven't gotten much production, if you count. It seems the, like a
2: redshirt situation. Yeah, yeah. Does, uh-huh.
1: Khalil McKenzie being the other one. Yeah. Okay, and so that's just the, um, you know, those are the draft picks. You know the free agents. So you're just some, okay? Andrew Wiley, Sammy Watkins, Anthony Hitchens, Damian Williams, Ben Neiman, Daryl Williams, Yelder Pringle. Those are in eighteen, nineteen. Of course, the big money ones: uh, Taran Matthew, Frank Clark was a trade, but uh, uh, Damian Wilson, Okafor, Rashard Breeland, Blake Bell, Batmore, Lashawn McCoy, Morris Claiborne, and then just last week was and uh, Terrell McLean as i read those names and we talked about the injuries earlier and the chiefs are dealing with a lot of them does this is there a comment to be made on the quality of depth here I and mean, this this team is you know it's, it's always the next man up philosophy but i, I don't know we, we talk about how much of a turnstile the left side of the offensive line is and you know the the, the new linebackers are not getting much production there Frank Clark, the, the, the $63 million man, is not statting well. I think Teran Matthews has been certainly playing well. He's a good player, Yep. Yeah. What's the bottom line here for, you know, well, what's the comment on, on Brett Beach and the, uh, the, the, the the Brett Beach roster?
2: Yeah, I, I, the offensive line depth, I'm not going to knock them. For, I don't think anybody has offensive line depth. I don't think most teams have five right. <laughs> offensive linemen that, that they feel good about. Um, I, I'm not going to knock them for that that too much. The linebackers is a huge problem. Um, Anthony Hitchens got a contract bigger than, you know, and, and even I've heard some people defend it within the Chiefs' organization. It's kind of like, well, yeah, maybe it's too much money, but it's like going to the airport. And if you got to feed your family, <laughs> you, you know you're paying too much for it, but you got to eat. So it, it's sort of that. But he hasn't been knocked the salary down 25%, and he hasn't lived up to it. Right. You know, um, I thought Dorian O'Daniel, I thought they had something there. I thought that that was going to be a piece that they could move around. Really and good athlete. Like a high, Yeah, yeah. I, I just thought that, and I From don't the know. From a championship program, you mm-hmm. just thought he had the pedigree. Yeah, uh, it, it's, my biggest, I think the secondary is a lot better. I think the coverage, as much as I, I think they're still looking for a cornerback, I think the coverage this year has been pretty good, the at least top in the second
0: half of the league.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, the, the problem with the mm-hmm. coverage has been what I think you were talking about, Sam, about the, in, in the flats and just attacking yeah, yeah. those linebackers, and those linebackers are Brett Veaches. You know? I, I think up front they're okay, but the linebackers are just getting lit up. Along
4: the lines of the linebackers, what happened to Reggie Ragland? What happened to the guy we saw at the end of the 2017 season? What, what, I thought he was Turner. Derek Johnson light. At, in 2017. Like speed, that, I think speed. It's, yeah, he slow. Yeah, it just doesn't have enough speed. I don't think
0: that they want to throw him out on the field, but um, to, to kind of piggyback off of what Sam said, I just wonder how many of their problems would be fixed if they had better linebackers. It's, yeah. it's short, it sort of goes to the crux of the NFL, which is when you have a weakness, it'll get exposed and expose everything at times. And we don't have linebackers that can cover or stop the run it, it's creating problems on both sides. of It's creating problems up front because they're not helping on the run. It's creating problems in the back because they're passing in the, in the flats all the time. And um, you, they're not really great at, at blitzing. Like 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 you guys mentioned, they're not doing a lot of it. So I think all the, most of the problems, I think, start with, with that group.
4: And, and another quick guy I just wanted to speak to while you're bringing up the acquisitions is, um, and he was hurt Sunday, but Kendall Fuller. I, I mentioned to Sam during the game, I feel like you never see his name called, and I don't know. I, I don't feel like he's making any certainly any big plays. I don't feel like he's a difference maker in any way. Now, sometimes you don't see a guy's name called because he's just kind of getting the job done, and it's sort of mm-hmm. the uh, thankless service. I, I, I'm i not sure I can distinguish the difference, but it, I thought he'd be more of a playmaker. He had a little bit of that reputation in Washington
1: top rated uh, slot corner. Yeah, the, the, the your, last year in Washington when they were of him, yeah. Uh, we, and we didn't mention the, the players acquired in trade. So I, I, I did mention uh, Frank Clark. But Fuller, Traverius Ward, Jordan Lucas, Austin Ryder in 18, uh, Clark, Adba, Darren Lee, Rankin, and Sunette. I think that's how he pronounces it, the offensive linemen. So just to, to complete the, you know, the the uh, Brett Veach roster, which is about half of, uh, more than half, I guess, of who, who were the, the 53. Um, I don't know. Listen. Mm-hmm. There are players available. Uh, Zach Brown's out there, right? Uh, just just right after the game on uh, on Sunday, the the uh, Eagles cut him after he ripped Kirk Cousins before the game, and then and then got torched, and now he's he's on the market. Should the Chiefs be in the market for a linebacker? Is it a personnel thing? Is it a scheme thing? Should if if. if you haven't heard anything, have you, if the Chiefs are? I have not, but, you know, Zach Brown, what, what concerns me about
3: Zach Brown is the team that cut him, which obviously comes from the Andy Reid tree. And it, it, if you're Andy Reid and you know Doug Peterson just cut Zach Brown, are you willing to take that chance? Because, I mean, obviously they're tight. I do agree they do need to find a linebacker. And you got the trade deadline coming up here in a couple of weeks. Are the Chiefs going to be in the market? Perhaps. I mean, you know, teams always are, are going to turn over the stones, but that, that is a position that you absolutely have to upgrade. I do agree with everyone here on this esteemed, esteemed panel. <laughs> you do absolutely need to upgrade the linebacker position. you got to find a playmaker. you got to find someone who's going to fire people up. When you think of the elite defenses around the National Football League, they all have a couple things in common. You know, they, they do make plays, but they also have that leader among that group. And nine times out of ten, you're willing to bet it's the linebacker. You mentioned Luke Teakley there earlier. I mean, you can go around the league. Chicago Bears with their elite run defense. You got Roquan Smith up there in New Orleans, the number two ranked yeah. run defense. You've got DeMario Davis and A.J.
2: Klein. I mean, and the, and the list goes on, but you've got to find that guy. It's supposed to be Hitchens. Yeah. You know, that, that's how this was supposed to work. And Hitchens has all of the character, the brains, the you know, the, the personality part of it. He's he's got that wrapped up. Uh, but he's hurt right now and just. And hasn't performed enough, you know. Derek Johnson had the whole; he was the whole package. Yeah. Man. Yes, yeah. he had all sides of that. They're, that yeah. yeah, they're they're really missing that. The,
0: the so. linebackers played well in the first two weeks. Like the, Damian Wilson had.
2: Yeah, did the great force maybe play played as
0: well as anybody did on the defense for those first two weeks. And I agree totally. Look at look at their total defensive output in those two games. I mean, it's it's not a yeah. coincidence that when the linebackers play well, I think the whole defense plays significantly better. Because
3: yeah, you're and, and they pull. fell
2: off and right. what's happened the last four weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: But when, you, when your linebackers are playing well, it's because everybody else is doing their job. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Your defensive ends are setting that edge. Your interior linemen are taking up the gas to free up the linebackers to flow to the action. That's,
1: that's what you want. you know. And We just don't see it. Jack Hilliard suggests the defense simply is not aggressive. I kind of agree with that. I, I, I see that. Yeah. You know, Steve Spagnuolo said it yesterday, the mano a mano quote. Yeah. When you're trying to stop the run, you know, it's not happening. Yep. It's not happening. Yep. There's, not, there's, there's not enough aggression. Um, so I, th- I thought, again, it was great to hear from coordinators the day after a game. You never get that. That was, yeah. that was refreshing to hear. I, I want to <clears> break <throat> out this stat for you. In six of the seven uh, years that Andy Reid's been uh, the head coach of the Chiefs, they have had losing streaks, right? More than one in a row, more, two in a, at least two in a row, more than one in <laughs> a row, <laughs> at least two in a row. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. This is the eighth losing streak that they've uh, they've been on. Never longer than five. Remember the 2015 uh, first couple of months of 2015. I do. In and they 2017. Tur- and and they had uh, four in 2017, a four-game streak. In six or seven. Yeah, and six of seven. Uh, they've had winning streaks of nine. 10, and then five in each of the last previous three years, and there are four games, 4 no start this year. So it's not terribly unusual to, to lose a couple games in a row in the NFL. Um, I know that there is a, fans are angry, fans are kind of disillusioned about this, but losing a couple in a row in the NFL happens. It just does. However, and I believe I read this in Sam Mellinger's play, losing a third in a row
2: might cause some panic there's no question yeah because it's perspective right and and we are talking about a four and two first place team (laughs) with the 24 year old reigning mvp at quarterback so it's not all doom and gloom but i I do think this that um i think andy reid maybe i'm giving him too much credit here but i think he is who is to blame and credit depending on on how this goes because they've been in much worse than this one and five when we were doing Facebook Live, literally in front of a trash can, because the Minneapolis yep. had just lost because their running back was stripped by a teammate on, on the final drive. But fumble. Yeah, uh, six of seven in 2017, 17. right? Mahomes, I love that Mahomes referred to that yesterday. Did you, did you
1: see that? He was on the, obviously, yeah. that was his first year in the program. Yep. He, he just remarked how, you know, how special it was to see him crawl out of that. Yep. They actually lost first place late in the season that year. Yep. Had to get it back with a win over the Chargers. Yep. On a, in a prime time game, so I thought that was—he's
2: paying attention. And, and they were hot garbage there. That that stretch—that was the stretch Ugh. that you brought up a couple. The, the yeah. Jets, the Bills, the Giants—I Giants. forgot the exact yeah. order—but um, those three. So, and I—I I believe that Andy Reid is not uniquely, but particularly equipped for these moments. Not just his track record brings a certain—people are going to react to him differently than they do other guys. But he's also so steady, and he's confident. He treats players like men all these things i think he is equipped to deal with this and i think he's he's what's going to decide how long this lasts you know I, I looked up some stats uh yesterday
0: from super bowl team just to kind of see what what they go through over the course of the season and over the last 14 years nine of them have lost back-to-back games at some point <laughs> during the yeah. season and half of them have either lost back-to-back games twice or had at least a three-game losing streak i've been mean, the Herbie Saints lost three. Herbie Saints lost. <laughs> they lost the last three games of the season. Their Super Bowl year. Um, there was a, a, a couple other teams lost four in a row over the course of the season. So
2: yeah. it, it, you go I guess through this yeah, stuff, I you just go through it. I think the Patriots last year got <laughs> blowed out by the Lions. They lost back to back twice. Yeah, they got blowed out. And by they by lost the, the Jaguars and then blowed they lost out again. Five by the, uh, games
0: last year. None of those teams made the
4: playoffs. Yeah. Well, you know, to circle back to that number three, I, we always make the joke in, in journalism that twice is a coincidence, three times is a trend story. And this one particularly so, because think about this, too. What's Andy's record against the division? It's like 20-3. and three, it's, re- it's ridiculous. 90, it's four. phenomenal. Yeah. He's got a very good road record. Mm-hmm. They've hardly been infallible at Arrowhead, but they've been better than most teams on the road. So those two things going together... Makes you feel like, all right, let's see what happens this week. Then, it, as Sam said, you know, then you go to complete absolute panic if they lose.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, but, but Mahomes, two and five in primetime uh, regular season games. So that's he just
4: lost for the first time. Saying. That was his first daytime loss the other yeah. day? Yes, that was his the, first, his first daytime
2: meetings. loss. I can't make any sense of that. I'm, I'm still, that's got to be small sample size, right? I know you generally play better opponents in prime time. Does he have right a night vision said. problem? <laughs> 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 All
1: right, so uh, we're winding down. So this is the time when we uh, identify where the rubber meets the road. Um, Our oh players that we think will, will stand out uh, in the Chiefs game on Thursday night at Denver, along with the rubber meets the road. Let's, let's add a game prediction as well. We've gotten away from that the last couple of weeks. We just assumed the Chiefs were gonna win. Um, I would have picked the Texans. Would mostly. you have picked yep. the Texans? No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I would. I would have picked the Colts you and the Texans. Uh, so, <laughs> but I don't think the the Chiefs. Chiefs are a three and a half point favorite. Uh, yeah. And I think the line has stayed the same yeah, since. Yeah, pretty steady. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's do that. Rubber stars, pro- projected star of the game, and the rubber meets the road, and a prediction. Herbie, you're the man. I'm going back to the offensive line. What impressed me the most, even though the
3: Chiefs lost in Week Six. You barely heard J.J. Watt's name, and that's largely because yeah. of Mitchell Schwartz. The Broncos are on a two-game win streak because of their defense, and that defense starts with Von Miller. But I think Schwartz is going to put Miller on lockdown and look for the, the Chiefs to secure their eighth straight win against the Denver Broncos. That's, a, that's yeah. an
1: amazing stat, too, isn't it? Do they cover? Yeah. Do they cover? I'm going to say they cover. Okay. Wow. They cover. Okay. Sam?
0: Um, I was actually going to go with Schwartz, too, because, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he— historically these last couple of years has completely silenced one of the absolute best pass rushers in the game. I I would guess that Von Miller's least favorite game every year is twice, obviously, but playing against Mitchell Schwartz. Um, So I I think Schwartz has a big day, uh, and without Chubb on the other side of the line, the Schwartz (laughs) matchup is highlighted even further. Um, But I, I think the Chiefs win, but I actually think that the Broncos cover. I think it's going to be a three-point a three game.
1: Okay, and, and to amplify the when the Chiefs signed Mitchell Schwartz, it was that was, that was the big selling point. He had so much success against Juan right. Miller as yeah. when, the, when the Browns played the Broncos. Right. Bye.
4: Um, I'm going to go with uh, Tyreek Hill <laughs> because that's a good call because and. Uh, and I, I, you know, Mahomes is 3-0 and against the Broncos. I, 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 I foresee them winning, but it, it'll be tight. I, I, I think barely cover, maybe like 28, 24.
1: Good vibe place for him, He, uh, his, first, his first W yep. there. Sam?
2: Um, I was gonna go with Mitch Schwartz too. It's good, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Um, but I'm gonna go a little off script then, and I'll go with Andy <laughs> uh, <laughs> Heck. Uh, because Ooh. it's not just, I wonder if they move Vaughn, you know, um, and flip them to the other side. And I think that with the problems that the Chiefs have had up front and facing, you know, those grown men that the Broncos have, I think they've got to get creative a little bit. And I don't know if that means more time for uh, Anthony Sherman, who really hasn't been part of the offense in yeah. recent weeks. Maybe you, you you start chipping with Blake Bell. Something like, you know, just something to slow down that off. Like, so I, I think it's on the coaching staff a little bit to help out that line. Do they have... Do the Broncos have...
0: I just wonder if Von Miller has too much pride to, to move. Um, he might. Because that, that's sort of a... And I feel like he's got uh, veto power a little
1: yeah. bit. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's rumors of him on the trading block this week. That was... Well, Von Miller, I can't, no. I can't see him in anything. They can find the interested teams, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. be a problem. Yeah. You know, my uh, my where the rubber meets the road... Patrick Mahomes? I'm going to go off Patrick wow. Mahomes. What the... Um, this has been a Herbie. I'm glad Herbie mentioned this eight in a row uh, Chiefs over the Broncos. Are they going for eight in a row? Or They're going for eight in a row. Okay. Yes. So they haven't lost in Denver uh, since 2014. It started in 2015 when Peyton Manning threw four interceptions. They had to get him out of the game. I remember, they, they I remember they that game. Yeah, he played They benched him. Goofy <laughs> things have happened to the Broncos against the Chiefs there. This was oh, the, the Tyreek Hill yeah. breakout game where. Uh, he had many, but this is the game where he and DeAnthony Thomas held hands going into the end zone on one of the returns and um, left-handed well, pass. Tar- young, Tar-Candric West Tar-Candric. With the, with the, down the seam, yes, yep. down the seam. And Patrick Mahomes was first start and first victory. My Rubber Meets the Road pick is Harrison Butker, the kicker, because in two of those wins, they needed a field goal at the gun to win the game. Cairo Santos off the upright one of those years, a yeah. uh, primetime game. <laughs> that's right, yes. In that picture. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> <but> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> missed it. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and then, of course, Butker in the, in the Mahomes start won the game with a walk-off field goal. So I'm going to go with Butker. Uh, this offense still, you know, I, I see them having problems in the red zone too, stalling out, and I can see Butker getting on the field a lot for for field goals here. So that'll do it for us uh, here at uh, Big O Tires in Olathe. Thanks to everybody, Beth, appreciate it. To Jack and Ann, thanks for coming by. I know you live in Olathe. It's great to see you guys. We will talk to you again after the Chiefs Broncos game Thursday night on Red Zone Extra. Hey, it's Blair. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.